Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast, don't worry. And now, going on with the show. Maya, today we are doing one of our listener question episodes. That so, we are. what did you get in your inbox today? So, we have a message from GGG Wolverine, who has a question from a friend of his. So, let's have a listen. Hello, Maya and Fox. I have a question from a friend of mine. She said she has seen people get tied up and it can take a while. She is a bit anxious and self-conscious and wondering what exactly does she do as a rope bottom while being tied? Thank you for producing the podcast. It has been very inspiring. So his friend is interested in what to do while being tied. And there's a couple of different aspects here. So there's uh, the actual activity. There's the fact that rope takes a while or can take a while. Especially if I'm the one tying. You are a slow, purposeful tire. And there's also something around anxiety and self-consciousness. So this is a person who hasn't been tied before, so they've only watched. And I think that's a fairly common question. Clearly, I'm not a rope bottom myself, but I can imagine a lot of people wanting to be tied for the first time, not being sure what to do in the more general scope. And I often hear questions like, what should I wear? What should I bring? How should I prepare? And also very much, what is my role mm. in this activity that I'm going to take part in for the first time? Okay, so we have some uh, tips and then we're going to talk about it from our different experiences. So the first and probably most obvious tip with a caveat is watch others. But... Beware that what it can look like from the outside may not be what it is on the inside. Do you mean while you're being tied, you should be watching others? Okay, good point. No, I mean before you get tied, watch other rope bottoms in rope. Okay, and what do they typically do in your experience? So it very much depends. So this is more for the listener's friend to find out for themselves. Um, my caveats are um, sometimes you see people making a particular face that we often call rope face, which is um, this sense of serenity that they're giving off. Like, oh, this is the most amazing, peaceful thing. Mm-hmm. My caveat is it doesn't always feel like that. And a photo because um, this is one way you could watch others through photos or especially through performance, isn't necessarily what the person is feeling on the inside. How would you say the role of the bottom differs from, say, a photo shoot, a performance, or a placing? So I think that is a, another great point. The context really matters. 
um, for the, the person. Um, so we've seen very porny or sexual expressions at a public jam, and I think that's less appropriate. Uh, we've also seen people making noise, a lot of noise. Uh, we have a place in Bangkok that's opened recently where it's not very soundproof. So if you're making noise, that's not very appropriate. And if you're going to do a lot of movement in your scene as a bottom, you need room to do that. So context is important, both in terms of environment and then in terms of the scene itself. So talking to the top about your intent and the purpose of the scene is probably the first step. Okay, and we have an episode about that, about the different types of intents, right? We do. So that's something GGG Wolverine's friend could ever <laughs> listen to and try to map out a bit what her interests are and what her rigor friend's interests are. And they can have a conversation together about that. Yeah, and that is tip two, which is talk to your top, which is some good alliteration there. So how new is your top as a rigger, for example? Because if you want to talk to your top, because that would make you feel less anxious, some very new tops can't really concentrate on the rope and talk. That's a, a higher level skill, I think. I have a tip to offer, which might be a personal preference or a personal opinion. But I don't mind my bottom talking during the scene as long as the thing that is being talked about keeps us in the present. So if my partner is talking about what she's feeling, the place we're in, what's going on around us, the activity we're doing, I'm fine with that. But if she's talking about what she's going to have for breakfast tomorrow or what happened at work yesterday, that sort of takes me out of the moment and I don't like that so much. Okay, I think that's a great tip. I think the thing that I want to say most of all, and I'm going to repeat during this episode several times, is there is no should in terms of what you should do as a rope bottom. So there's no, this is the manual of what rope bottoming should be. It's very personal. So this is why talking to your top and creating the scene together is so important. So maybe your top enjoys a bottom who is very relaxed and passive. And I know that some tops get frustrated if a bottom anticipates the next bit of the tie. So that might be moving their hands into the TK position um, and the top wants to be the one leading the scene. What are your thoughts on that? I think, as you say, it's about conversation and not trying to pigeonhole people or to think there's just one true way to do rope and every rope top should do the same thing and every rope bottom should do the same thing. I think you are allowed to have your personal preferences, your personal style, and also you're allowed to act differently in different contexts and with different partners. Even as an individual, you don't need to be always the same, always constant. Maybe today you're in a really angry mood and you want to fight back against the rope. Maybe today you're super horny and you want to touch yourself while you're being tied up. It's, it's all a question of what do you want today, what does your partner want today, and what is appropriate for the space and the context in which you're doing rope today. But context really matters there. So for me, for a photo shoot, I tend to be more uh, pragmatic and talk to my top, make sure that I am uh, adjusting um, my body where the person wants me to. 
Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of Rope to as many listeners as possible, and for that we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast, then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of Rope and help others discover it too. And there's also other contexts we haven't mentioned yet, such as doing a practice tie, in which case it might be good if you're verbally giving feedback to the top at this time, like, oh, my shoulder hurts a bit, could you like nudge it a bit to the left or whatever. And also you could be the bottom in a class, you being used as a demo bottom, in which case what's expected of you might yet be different. So some more idea, well, I think we're giving lots of ideas on how you could be in rope, mm-hmm. is to get into rope and see what feels right for you. So again, there's no should, we're going to keep repeating that. It might be that, like me, when you get into rope for a scene, you feel quite spacey. Um, And being spacey is this relaxed, passive, dreamy, floaty space where you don't really feel the need to do anything. Or you might be someone who is more active. Or you might be someone who expresses yourself verbally. And there's another piece which we haven't talked about, which is, are you a bit more outcome focused? In which case it's the end of the tie that you're interested in. So the final position you're in, or are you more process orientated? And then it might be easier to go with what happens. And how is that going to change the way the bottom behave during the scene? If they are more into the outcome versus they are more into the process. It might not matter so much if you're into the outcome, what you do while you're in rope. So standing there chatting, um, I mean, in an extreme case, you could have an earbud in and listen to a book. Mm -hmm. We have certainly seen that, or we've seen quite often at Jam, people who were there primarily to have a photo taken of them in rope, and they would be chatting to their friends. Yeah, someone else. Who were completely not part of the scene that's happening while the rigger is struggling to try to keep their concentration and tie them. Yeah. So for the photo shoot, you might be talking to the rigger and you might even be asking them what looks better from the outside. So why can I move this part of my body? If it's um, something like a seminar tie, you might be concentrating on pain processing. So there might not actually be much room left for you thinking about being self-conscious because... You're going to be breathing, processing the pain, you might be making noises, you might not be able to help what you're doing. And Maya, what about the anxiety part of the question? And what can this person or any other person in a similar situation do to work with this feeling of not being sure what's expected and how to perform to meet those expectations as a robot? So in terms of dealing with the anxiety, I would start with the classic anxiety management techniques before you even get into the rope. So do some grounding, some meditation, whatever you do to help yourself with anxiety, start before you even get into the rope by doing that. And then use grounding techniques in terms of the senses. Rope is perfect for that. So smell the rope. Feel the rope on your skin, really focus on the movement of the rope, use mindfulness techniques. Understand what form your anxiety takes. So for some people, rope can actually help with anxiety because the pressure is off for you to do anything. I completely agree with you, Maya, that rope is an activity that lends itself extremely well to mindfulness. And a very classic 
mindfulness activity are meditations around mindfulness of breath. And that's the thing I do like to do at the start of my rope scenes. And then I transfer that into more of a mindfulness of touch and shift my focus from my own breath into the sensation of the rope running through my fingers as I tie. And I don't see why the bottom couldn't do the same thing, but focusing on the sensation of the rope being laid on their skin. That's certainly something that I would do. I think it's also very useful if you're an anxious person to know what you're getting into. So all the communication with your top, with the people who are running that event, if it's an event, negotiate, discuss. You can listen to our episodes on first time in rope, on negotiation, on your responsibilities in rope. Uh, We'll link to lots of episodes that might be able to help you. Other tips that we can suggest might be having a blindfold, because if you have a blindfold, that can really help you focus more on the sense of touch. You can also have your hands tied first, because that limits the amount that you can actually do. I would also suggest if you're very self-conscious, because that was another word that um, GGG Wolverine mentioned, that you wear clothes that you feel comfortable and content in. So don't add to your anxiety by wearing a new outfit. Do you think the intensity of the rope might help with the self-conscious aspect? A tie that's a bit more demanding might make it really difficult to be self-conscious because you have to process the sensation of the tie itself. Yeah, I think that's very true. I would also suggest tying not with an audience the first time if you're self-conscious. So do a private scene. Um, If you're worried about the the rigor that you're tying with, do the scene with a spotter there, but someone who you feel very comfortable with. I also wanted to mention active bottoming. So listen to Fuoco's episode, which we'll put in the show notes, and our episode on active bottoming. I would say there's only so much active bottoming you can do and for so long. So what I do is, in a suspension in particular, shift my body weight around to the different points to help me manage pain. So that's something you can do. Uh, Usually that's when the tie is a bit further on, because obviously if you're up, you've probably got more rope on you, but that would be a form of more demanding rope. And what about the ways you can interact back at your top, if that makes sense? Do you think it's appropriate for a rope bottom to touch the top while she's being tied or he's being tied or they're being tied? And if so, what kinds of touch can the bottom do with their top as the active participant? Again, I would say negotiate and communicate. Some tops like to be touched. Some will tie your hands first so you can't touch. Some will like the playfulness of you trying to touch them while you're tied up. I have done many forms of communication with my rigor, from touching them, being spacey, screaming in pain, crying all the way through a scene, crying halfway through a scene, crying at the end of a scene. I've been quiet and passive. I've been angry. I've tried to get away. I've made yelpy noises, like so many different ways of being in a scene. And sometimes the bottom might even purposefully try to get out of the rope, such as an escape play scene or being what's called an eel, right? Ah, an eel. Maybe you can say more about that because that's less common for me. I think that is a subset of rope play, which is definitely not the most common nowadays. I feel it was more popular some years ago. 
because it lends itself less well to photographic platforms like Instagram, which have taken such a big role in shaping rope nowadays. But yeah, it was the idea of getting tied up and trying to see if you can get out and even maybe timing yourself or being a little bit competitive with your rigger. Like, are you able to put me in a rope tie I'm not able to escape from? Keep in mind that increases the risk profile quite a lot. So there's a kind of Houdini aspect. Exactly. Ah. And adjacent to that is one more form of rope, which is takedown rope, which again, Mm -hmm. I'll put the link to the episode with Christian Red that we did around takedown rope. Again, that is actually a more sophisticated form of rope where you really need to understand you struggle, but can you struggle in a way that doesn't really damage yourself and your rigor? And Maya, I wanted to ask you a question. What do you think about the need for a rope bottom to perform and maybe put on a show or put on a face versus genuinely express what they are feeling in the moment in the rope? Do you think there's something to be talked about there? For me, I would prefer to be genuine, but I also think it's useful to know what your top likes because you can enhance your reactions and still be genuine. Mm. So if I'm feeling pain, maybe I make a little noise, but if I know my top likes to hear expressions of pain, I might just emphasize that noise a bit more so that I know that they hear. Okay, very interesting. So in summary, what is our top advice for Gigi Wolverine's friend about how to behave when she's being tied and it's taking a while? If there's one takeaway I can give, it's there's no right way to be in rope and to find the way that suits you best. And the second top tip would be talk to your top uh, and understand if they have expectations because that will help you be less self-conscious your first time. And also do listen to the previous 157 episodes of the Rope <laughs> Podcast and so you will know exactly what to expect. It will only take you six months to do so. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maya, what about if other people have questions they would like to ask us on the podcast? Uh, they can email me at maya.ropepodcast at gmail.com and they can record a soundbite of their question and we will answer it together. Thanks for listening and have fun tying.